Hey, what did I miss? Let's get you caught up on this week's shows with the <laughs> Week Review. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Uh, all right, so it's tough to get to this week. I've got a lot of energy. I'm very excited. This is uh, the week that uh, I head off to the Bahamas. I'm going to do a couple of the shows there from from my room in Atlantis. Um, this is the most exciting week uh, of, well, I'm a Christmas Eve over Christmas Day guy, meaning that I love the excitement before something happens more than when something actually happens because I very rarely can enjoy when something happens knowing that whatever is happening will be ending soon. Follow me on that? Very profound statement I just made. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes I like the lead-up better than the actual event. Absolutely, without a doubt. And and every year for the Bahamas leading up to it, now we usually go later in June. This year we're going, uh, obviously, earlier, you know, end of May, early June, um, which is a good thing because we get the beginning of hurricane season, not like there's going to be hurricanes or whatnot, but uh, usually get more of those afternoon tropical storms and this and this and that. So, like, my daughter's got all this cheerleading stuff, and we've got some other trips that we've got to do, and blah, 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 blah. So um, this is our family vacation, and she's taking two of her girlfriends with her. We've got two different rooms. So my wife and I will be able to have a bed to ourselves, no dogs, for seven days straight, and be able to do whatever we want to do. Very exciting stuff. We're very excited. We can sleep in till 7.30. We can uh, not have as much as we love our dogs and especially Toon Toons, even though she's got a cone around her neck right now because she just had her lady surgery done and she missed me immensely as I missed her. It's going to be nice to have some alone time with my wife. And then the kids have got their own room next to ours, conjoining uh, room. So we're going down there. This is our family vacation. This is... I don't think this will be the last year, but this will be the last year we have Ariel as a minor. She's 17? We celebrate her birthday and Rachel's birthday while we're in the Bahamas. Oh, right. Okay, so she's turning 17, so then, like, next year, then she would turn 18 to the Bahamas. I see. Yeah, yeah. She would be 18. And that's even if... She goes with us because she might at that point be like, I'm going to go travel abroad or I'm going to, you know, go to school early or move to wherever she is. She's going to go to school early and get acclimated and whatever. We don't know. This is the last year we have her as a minor. It's very, very sad. So we've got to make this one stick. Also, this is the last year she can go to the teen club. They have a teen club there. It's called uh, like burn or, or, or fire something like that <laughs> well she doesn't even need that she's bringing the teen club with her yeah she's she's got girlfriends with her she's got her friends yeah. you know so they can do that um but you know when we started doing this this trip i'm not i'm not bringing this up to brag that i'm going to the bahamas but when we started doing this trip it we did it when we like i went to the bahamas a lot back in the 90s you know just as i would go to mexico we take these cruises and we do days, you know, in Nassau or Freeport or something like that. And and then a lot of times we take trips and we'd go and stay at the all-inclusives and we'd all pitch in. So it wasn't that expensive and blah, blah, blah. So I've always been familiar with going to not only Mexico, but um, to the Bahamas. And when my wife and I moved to Atlanta um, almost, I guess, nine years ago, I brought up that I was like, we should start taking a, a vacation. Like we, we weren't doing that yet. We were still, you know, we just moved in together. And so I was like, we should do a, a vacation together. 
she, I started talking about the Bahamas. I hadn't been in a minute. She goes, well, I've never been to the Bahamas. And she wanted to take a cruise. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Cruises are overrated. I mean, they're not horrible, but they're overrated. I was like, let's yeah. just fly in. So, you know, we don't have to be on anybody else's itinerary. And we can do whatever we want. And we'll stay for whatever. And then I found out that we, you know, I got free rooms. Um, if you had a certain gambling level on your card and stuff, I was like, well, this is great. So we went the first year, you know, this was probably seven, maybe eight years ago. We had a blast. And then while we were there, remember the kids were a lot younger at the time. I'd never had this, you know, I'd never lived with children before. So I, this was my, I, I technically have only been a stepdad for, I guess, nine years. I mean, that's a long time. But that's not that long of a time. I mean, Ariel's 16, going to be 17. So I've been in her life for, I guess, a little over 10. But living together, it's been just about nine. I'm like, I want a family vacation. Because I don't remember growing up having a family vacation. I remember us doing trips, but I don't remember a family vacation. Like every year you would do blah. Uh, When I was a baby, 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 when our family was tight, we would travel in an RV from Maryland down to Orlando and go to Yogi Bear Park, which doesn't exist anymore. That's where I got my shoe stuck in quicksand as a kid. And we'd camp out, and then we would go to the parks and stuff when the parks were probably, you know, twenty four ninety nine to get into. Um, but that's the only thing I can remember. But it wasn't a yearly thing. We only did it a couple times. So I'm like, I want something that the kids will always remember. This would be nice. So we started taking the kids with us and they'd have a blast. You know, they get their little freezy drinks, they get their hats, they get the, you know, the little souvenir stuff. They get to go see the boats. We go out on the water. We do the excursions. They get to do scuba, snuba, all that other stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's fun, but now it's coming to an end and it's very, very sad. So we got to make this one stick really, really do. I feel like you, you guys are just putting like limit or, um, kind of like milestones on it for no reason like it doesn't have to stop she just because she's not a minor anymore doesn't mean that this is the last one like you can still go on vacations past 18 so i, I feel what? like you, you guys are trying to make this like oh she's she's moving out of the house she's leaving she's graduating she'll we'll never see her again this is the this is the best time of your lives right now when she gets to be these ages because you actually can hang out with her when she gets into her late teens and early 20s. She'll be more fun to be able to hang. You're not like, okay, we're going to do our thing. You go do the kids club. You guys can all hang out together. So I don't, I don't think it's the last one. I think you guys uh, shouldn't feel like that. I think you should just feel like this is just a milestone, but but it's going to continue on. You can keep going until you're, you're 40 or she's 40. Yeah, but you're right. But there's a difference when you take young kids on vacation. Like there's something to be said about, you know, blowing, wasting your money on frivolous items because it makes you feel good because they like them for at least 10 minutes. And there's just something about that. Now she gets older. She's going to be like, I don't think realistically that's the best thing to spend my money on. You know, it's just, there's a difference between maturing and being an adult versus being a kid and you cater to your children and you spoil your children, uh, at least I do. And, and it's just, that's not going to be there anymore. And, you know, Caleb doesn't go with us anymore. As soon as he turned 18, he didn't want to go. He just kind of dipped out. I mean, I know he's a different case than, than Ariel, but um, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it's it, it, I don't want to say it's a parent thing, but it is a parent thing. You, you, yeah, yeah. I, I get it that I don't get it. I, I understand that it's, I, I probably can't understand that. 
Uh, but it, maybe the, I mean the last one. Maybe sh- you guys should have done the milestone when it, you were taking both the kids. I mean, you, like you said, Caleb's not going anymore, so it's not really even a family trip anymore. It's you three and and some kids that aren't yours. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the stories they're going to tell their kids. They're like, "Oh, I remember my family vacation. It was with the Baileys." <laughs> Why is that so weird to you that we we let her take friends with her? It, it's just weird because that's not what you do. You don't bring friends on a vacation you you gotta like when i I used to do vacations all the like road trips and stuff with my family when i was a kid you had to sorry you're you're, the parents like you're coming with us we're going on this vacation you're gonna have a good time and i had a great time and you meet people that you like that's how you branch out and you meet new people i have like friends that i met on vacations when i was like in my teens that i'm still friends on facebook i mean i don't hang out with them or anything but but it's kind of it's a fun experience and it's one of those things like you were saying like with the mother's day thing um, when the the friend came over, you're like, yeah, like this is a this is a family affair, you know. Let's let's keep it to the family. So I, I feel like a family vacation is with your family, hence it's in the name. What you're leaving out of your diatribe is that you have a younger brother by only like a year or two that would go along with you every vacation. So she does not have that. She's by herself. You had. A built-in buddy. Yes, you would meet people, but there you could actually say, would you meet those people if you didn't have your brother with you? Maybe, maybe not. Probably lean towards probably not. So, especially the girls. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but my brother's three years younger than me. So, like when I was when I was 16, I'm not. I don't want to hang out with a 13 year old. So that we weren't. I mean, we we were close and brothers and everything, but it. He, it was still like, oh, I don't want to hang out with my little brother. Let's let's go meet some girls and some friends and stuff like that. Um, so it was kind of yeah, I, I get that I had somebody and she doesn't, but still, it's it's just a great way to enjoy your family time and, and with your friends or with uh, new friends maybe from vacation. Nate and his uh, little brother strike me as Stifler and Stifler's little brother in American Pie. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers, fuckers. Where are all the females? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's what I picture, especially from your younger brother, which he, he reminds me of Stifler's younger brother. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're like uh, James Franco and uh, whatever the other Franco is. Oh, Pan- Matt Pancakes from that movie. <laughs> <The Yeah. younger laughs> Brandon, you ever go on family vacation? Uh, no, we didn't. See, we had like horses and stuff and my parents always work different work schedules. So I like go one vacation with my dad and like go one vacation with my mom. We, we did go to the beach a few times once I got older together, but that was about it. And I never really took friends with me. I did go on a vacation with my buddy one time, him and his parents, but he only brought one friend. He didn't bring two. I feel like two is probably too many. Wait, what are the horses? Did you ride horses to like the beach or? No, we, did, we just had to make sure they stayed alive, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it was Oregon Trail, so, you know, we took them out to the pasture. <laughs> yeah, Nate, we used to go on vacation. Sometimes my dad let us go to the Circle K up the street. We'd all get in the car together, and we'd go in there and we'd get ourselves a ring pop and come back with a slushie. And uh, that was a good time, man. It was about 20 minutes or something. He let us roll, walk, walk around. That's the best Tuesday ever. I couldn't have friends come with me because we only had so many horses. Couldn't carry their luggage. <laughs> we only had two horses at the time, so just me and my dad, me and my pops. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, I remember as a kid, my mom would, you know, because I was, a, for the most part, an only child. So uh, I was, I took friends with me places. So here's the other part of it. What? 
So no, you didn't. You're yeah. taking friends with. Not not every not every, but but I didn't go on a lot of vacations. I'm trying to like the, there, there would be. It was more when I was a teenager, I think, that I would bring a friend with me. Um, I think even one time she let me bring my girlfriend with me. and But it was like a, a weekend stay or something. There was no big trips that we took. But but when I started to, to, to have a good social circle, um, I was always around my friends. So the other part of this, and this is, this is a, this, any parent's going to understand, is that when you do one of these vacations, you know, it, it all depends on the vacation. Now, if you're going to Disney, then maybe you don't bring a friend with you because you will be together 24-7. It's going to be just the family. You go to the park, you're drained from the park, you do some dinner, and you most likely are not doing anything after that. You're just chilling in the room, getting ready for a big next day, like when you do the theme park vacations. You do that as a family. I get it. This is a little bit different because this is a we're we're combining two different vacations, an adult vacation and a kids vacation. So the kids vacation is during is during the day. You know, during the day, we make sure we do everything. It's always together. And uh, we do the excursions. We do the beach. We do the pool. Now, when we do those types of things, we like to relax. A lot of times kids don't want to relax. They want to go walk around and do the slides and, and do all kinds of goofy stuff. Go get, you know, uh, slushy drinks and all that kind of thing. No kid wants to do that by themselves. So to have a friend to do that in the, in the, in the, do the floaty park and all that kind of stuff, I totally get. Then we do dinner together and then nighttime comes. That's mommy and daddy time. You know, we're going to the, they got the casino. You know, so Ariel, we just don't want to leave her in the room. Now, when, the first couple of years, when she and Caleb went, we left them in the room with a bunch of snacks. They could watch movies. They brought their iPads, blah, blah, blah. And they were fine with it. It was cool. But then as they got older, they wanted to get out. And they wanted to do something. I'm not sending Ariel to that nightclub by herself. So it's 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 nice that she's got a friend. So you understand how it it, it helps out the adults as well as the kid with the, with the friends. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. I think the... You might have some issues though with bringing two because now it's a it's a group of three, so that that can cause some issues with, within friends because like maybe two, and if you go on vacation with like other couples too, if you have a, a weird group or a weird number of people, they start forming cliques and then they alienate one, and then somebody else gets jealous or whatever. I think two or just having you know one other friend might might have been better. So hopefully everything goes okay. Usually that's true. I will tell you. From what I observe with Ariel and her friend, Ariel is the ringleader. So she's the boss and she's the alpha. And she pretty much says what goes. The other girl's very quiet, goes along with it, everything. Um, very sweet, very nice, very well mannered. She's probably one of my favorite, it's not my favorite friend. And then the other girl, a little bit of a wild child, but Ariel keeps her in check. So it's a good offset. I don't think we're going to actually, I know we're not going to have that problem. Um, so they'll be fine, you know, but the, that that's okay. the thing. So uh, I, I like that it's it's a nice – I like that later down the road she'll have memories of a family vacation. The BS. This week, you know, whenever I try to save some cash, being frugal, not necessarily cheap, uh, I usually spend more money. 
and I'm going to give you an example that happened the other day, but this happens a lot. And I want to say this isn't just a Bailey's black cloud. This could be a lot of people's black cloud. And I'm curious if it is. So feel free on our social media to, uh, to respond to uh, this conversation. I, I, I told you I had bought my new biological brother or I was sending him some of those old bay goldfish, right? Yes, the uh, the ones that like I searched far and wide for, and they're brand new to the market. And I had to find them. I had to get them. It was the hunt, and I find them at Target, and I just load up my carts, and I just bought a bunch of them, with in mind not to eat them all, but you know I'm going to take some snacks to the Bahamas, uh, which I'll, I'll get to on Friday's show. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, my son was up here to get his emissions done, which is the stupidest thing ever, but he had to come up to get it done. So I wanted to have, uh, give him a couple to take back, uh, to Florida. And then I was going to send some to my, my brand new biological brother. These things cost, I think three to $4 a bag. They're goldfish, you know, they're just old Bay flavored goldfish, you know, the goldfish bag that curls up on top. It's all they are. So uh, the other day I went, I, I, was, I was kind of in a rush and I had a plan and I was going to Nuberti and next to Nuberti in the shopping plaza, you have to kind of drive around to it. So it's not necessarily, I mean, you could walk it, but it's pointless. But in that shopping center on the other side, there's a UPS store. Now, I usually like to go to the UPS store by my house in Roswell uh, because I've gotten, got, kind of gotten to know the guy. He was kind of a douche at first, and then we kind of became, you know, cordial and buddies. And it just, I, I like dealing with people that I know or I like or whatever. So I, I've had, I've gone to the store before, and I haven't had the best luck. They just were rude. And, and I think I think UPS stores are owed, are they not? Yeah, and I think that's why, because a lot of them, when you're coming in to just drop off packages, they're not making any money, so they're, yeah, I've always felt like they're a little bit rude. No, not just UPS, like any of those types of stores. It, when it's some an owner, they're not making any money off of you. They just they just have to do your dirty work, basically. They're like, oh great, another fucking package I got to put back here that I don't make any money off of. Well, you know what made the UPS store owners mad and angry is fucking Amazon because now Amazon says if you want to return something, you don't need a box, you don't need a label, just open the door and throw it at the poor soul behind the counter. they're like fuck another amazon return shit (laughs) and then you know people will go in and have to get on their phone and have to find the barcode and (laughs) it's a thing same thing at kohl's yeah same thing at kohl's or i think they have it at uh, whole foods as well they have the lockers at whole Foods. how do you get the locker open it's not open at all shit man i gotta bag some ice cream so i don't help this asshole i don't get paid for this so uh so i go into the ups store and I did not have a box. Usually we have a shit ton of boxes because of all the Amazon stuff that we buy, but I didn't have a box. So I was just going to buy a box thinking, you know, I'm sending him two bags of these Old Bay goldfish. I don't need a large box. I've got plenty of boxes out in the caddy shack for the My Court Caddy. And it was like, well, that's too big. I, they're going to have a box there. How much do you think a box to ship that off would cost? Uh, how big did you say it was? Well, the two goldfish packages. I mean, you know how it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like eight bucks. Eight bucks for a box? Oh, I thought you meant to ship it. Oh, uh, for the box? Ah, like a dollar? No, okay. A dollar. Maybe. Okay, that's what I thought too. A dollar. 
keep that in mind. So I take it up there and I said, uh, I need to ship these out. I have my new brother's address on a card and I wrote it on a card on purpose so I could just slide it to them so they could put it in the computer. Now, granted, I could have done all this at my house because I do have the shipping capabilities with stamps.com and again, my court caddy and all that stuff. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna rush, I'm just gonna do it. It can't be that much, it's not heavy. So he goes, all right. Uh, so he goes and he gets a box and it's not even a new box. You could tell it's been a, it's a used box, you know, cause the, the, the tape, you know, was a it's not a brand new box he's giving me. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. This dude's, you know, just token brother up, give me a box. Puts the box in there, he tapes it up, he types the address in there and he comes back to me and he says, uh, that'll be 1265. So 1265 for, for everything. And he goes, no, 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 no. That's just for the shipping. If, if you want to do this shipping, you know, it was like different options and this was the cheapest. That's what they usually give you the cheapest. I'm like $12 and 65. No, I'm sorry. It was 1365, $13.65, $13, $14 to ship something out. That, that, that's absurd. I mean, it's not even heavy. You know, if it were heavy, I could understand, but it, you know, it wasn't even heavy. And I said, and that doesn't include the box. He goes, no, the box is $5. So $20, give or take, to ship out two bags of Old Bay goldfish, a couple states up north, you know, north of me, and when the goldfish costs collectively under $8. I have a problem paying more for shipping than I did for the thing I'm trying to ship. It just bothers me. I can't do it, you know? So I was like, well, I know it's a matter of dollars, but this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do this. So I was like, I'm not going to ship it with you. I was angry. I was like, I'm going to save some money. I'm, I'm not going to ship it with you. I, I made a, I, I made a stand. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> and, there, and there are people behind me too. And they're just like, oh, dude, just fucking pay it. <laughs> no, not going to pay it. And right next door is the United States Postal Service. Is the United States Postal Service. So it's like, you know, it's always cheaper to go there anyway. That's what I should have done to begin with. What a dummy. So I go next. I was like, no. And, I, and he starts to undo the box. I was like, keep it in the box. I'm going to buy the box. And I wasn't happy about that, paying $4 for the $5 for the box. It's like, fuck it. Just give me the box. So I take the box and I go to the, uh, the, the postal service, which is literally like in the shopping plaza right next door. And, uh, and, and the line is ridiculously long. And those people are more angry than the UPS people. They're meaner over there than, 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 than anybody else. So There's the spirit airlines of, of shipping. It's exactly what they are. <laughs> it's exactly They'll get you there, but you ain't getting any service with it. <laughs> so the, uh, they, they have a, you do it yourself kiosk at the, at the front of the store now. So I was like, oh, I can do this. It's, it's probably, probably going to be cheaper. So I type it in, do, 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 do. and the way that it works is it's almost like you have to put your credit card in because you've done all this work and it happens so fast that you don't realize how much you're paying. It's one of those types of things. So uh, I ended up paying when it was all said and done, it was like almost $12. So I only saved like $1.50, right? It was, right. It was, it was absurd. But I still got this damn box for five. I know it's nickel and diming, and, and people are like, shut up, Bailey. You're nickel and dime. No, it's the it's the point, right? It's the point. That's why I think we all can agree we hate going to an ATM 
and being charged an ATM fee to get your money. That's absurd. I hate ATM fees. Absolutely hate them. Uh, so it's the same premise. So I, I put it in there. I was like, fuck it. I saved it like $2 maybe. Then I go next door to Kroger because I got to get some dip and some other stuff. And I just happened. To see, I mean, this was, this was the universe planning this, by the way. I just happened to walk by the section in the grocery store where they sell boxes. And the box that I could have bought for this was 75 cents. And I was so angry. It made me furious the rest of the fucking day. And I know it's only a couple dollars, but if I would have been smart and even just taken a box from the Mike core caddy, I would have had a better day and been happy. So the lesson that I need to learn, and my wife tells me this all the time, is just shut up and pay the money. You know, stop, sir. I'm always searching for the better deal and I'll miss out. Or, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I can find that shirt somewhere else that's cheaper and then I'll never find it again and I'll be pissed off. I do that all the freaking time. Yeah, you probably should have just yeah got a box, I guess. But you, you could save money. You just got to do, just got to do it in a smart way. And you know, you you knew that the boxes were cheaper other places. But also, like a lot of boxes, I mean, if you've ever moved, if you try to buy boxes from, um, like the U-Haul store or something, they're so expensive. But yeah, you go to the dollar store and they're a dollar. It's crazy. Yeah. It, well, uh, you know, for I got two birthdays coming up, so tomorrow night. Um, we're going to do birthday prizes for Rach and Beezers before we uh, go to the Bahamas on Friday. You know, I refuse. This is another thing, actually. I refuse to go to the grocery store or a party city or a gift store and buy their gift bags there. Five, six dollars a bag. I won't do it. Yeah. I can go to the fucking dollar store and buy two bags for a dollar. They're the same damn thing. We're shiny with a little handle. I mean, there's no difference. It's like it's absurd. It's ridiculous. Yeah. When did it become like anything that like they have a lot of things at the grocery store now that aren't just food, but it's like anything outside of food is super expensive. Like you you don't want to buy you don't want to buy pens here. You know they're nineteen dollars a pen, uh, but. Every, like, but if you go to that specific store, like, you know, or like a dollar store or something, there's so much cheap. So, but the margin between the two are usually really insane. I don't know how the dollar store gets away. I still don't understand the the business model, how they get everything and they're able to sell it for a dollar. Because I'll go into the dollar store, um, like I said, for usually for gift bags. That's that's what yeah. I'll go in there for. And so when I'm in there, I just walk around. But they've got a lot of good shit in there. I mean, stuff that oh, yeah. probably normally buy. Um, I'll give you an example. Those, uh, those little, Buildings? no, those canisters that you put to make the air fresh and, uh, take, oh, yeah. you know, the, like with the jelly stuff inside, the little gel balls and stuff. Those are really expensive. Those are like almost $5 a piece at Home Depot. Those are not cheap. And if you need six, seven, eight of those things, you're up to now the 30, 40, $50 range, right? Which we do. And you got to yeah. get them every month. Uh, or every 60 days, depending. And I've learned that TJ Maxx will have them at a better price, which is great. But the fucking dollar store has them for a dollar a piece. Dollar a piece. A lot of times I'll find my uh, my energy drinks in the dollar store for a dollar a piece. I'm like, you know, yeah. can't beat it. Yeah, pregnancy test, drug test, dollar. <laughs> dollar. Batteries, batteries are like 
twenty dollars at the grocery store if they're a dollar at the dollar store. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, but see the battery thing, I don't know, because they're not legit batteries. They're not like Energizer, they're not the lithium batteries. They're the the Ravax or or you know, some off brand battery. I don't know. I'd be curious in the battery world, like the normal double A, triple A, those types of batteries, do they work like car batteries where they all come from the same place? They just have different labels on them. Yeah, that's what I wonder too. Cause I I I don't know if they're bad. I just think that we've just been brainwashed by the, this bunny for fifty years that we just think, oh, energizers the but what else is there? I mean, there's there's got to be some other. It's like the the generic stuff at the grocery store. A lot of times it's cheaper, but it, you know, like you said, it's the same thing. So yeah, we should do it. I've always wanted to open up a dollar store in the Bahamas, dude. I'd kill, or even uh, in Mexico. Can you imagine if I open up a dollar store in Playa del Carmen? That place would be off the chain. Yeah, but like the twenty peso store doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> you, you are correct. <laughs> Better than radio. So the uh, attacker for Dave Chappelle, we all know that story when uh, he was doing his stand-up and the guy jumps on stage. It was the Netflix is a joke festival. This was at the beginning of May. And this guy, Isaiah Lee, uh, was charged with assault with a deadly weapon after pointing a replica handgun at Chappelle. He he gets up. He kind of like shoulder checks him and then... You know, everybody jumps on the guy. Uh, there were st- rumors that, like, um, Busta Rhymes or somebody or Jamie Foxx had punched the guy. And they're like, no, we didn't. Nobody punched the guy. Nobody beat him up. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I If, if you would have beat the guy, beaten the guy up, I would have had no problem with that. Soon as somebody crosses that threshold, they're game. They're, they're, I, you take them out. Take them down. Take them down to Chinatown for all I care. So, um the comedian set was a trigger for him. That's the word, all right? That's the word of the story, a trigger for him. Lee denied having the weapon drawn when he approached the comedian, like that matters. He says, I identify as bisexual, and I wanted him to know what he said was triggering. I wanted him to know that next time he should consider first running his material by people it could affect. Fuck you, dude. That's not his job. Your job is to not listen to people that trigger you or offend you. The, people aren't catering to you, you fucking waste of life. You know, just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean that they have to agree with you. That's the biggest problem that we have right now is that people think that everyone needs to agree with them. And I'm one of the most opinionated people you'll ever meet. But most of my friends, if not all of my friends, have way different opinions about shit than I do. But that's 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 the way it should be, you know. But if this guy's an entertainer, one, he's going to tell jokes that are going to what? Evoke emotion. Because that's what you do in the entertainment business. You evoke emotion, whether good or bad. Two, he can say whatever the fuck he wants. That's his job. He's a comedian. You know how many people disagreed with George Carlin in the decades of success that he had? Uh, You know, especially on the right. George Carlin was a very left comedian uh, or or left to center comedian, I should say. 
that's not a comedian's job is to appease everybody. Their job is to create an audience that understands their their comedy. And then from there you you grow, you know. It's just that, that's the that, that bothers me. This guy thought he had every right to get up on stage and attack Dave Chappelle because of a joke that triggered him. What a fucking nut job. I hate that. Hate it, hate it, hate it. That is bad. Why is that bad? Because that means, you know, because we have so many copycats and sheep in this world, that means that people are going to think that it's okay if they're triggered, in which we have a lot of whiny generations that are triggered by everything, that they, 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 can, they can do something like this. And then when they get shot or they get something broke, they sue. And then they'll have a reason whether it's racism or sexism or religiousism or, or whatever the case may be, you know, it's never your fault. Never your fault. Start taking responsibility. That's what we're missing with, uh, with generations. The younger generations is taking responsibility for your actions instead of blaming other people. Drives me absolutely insane. It really does. Yeah, I don't know what this guy's plan. First of all, if you don't like his comedy, why are you there? Um but I don't know what the, the running on stage would have done uh, to stop whatever he was triggered at. Um, yeah, I think this guy's an idiot. But I also don't agree with, like, how a lot of the media is reporting on it. Because, like, there, like, in that story, it said uh, he d- identifies as bisexual. That's not what he was upset about. He was upset about he made some homeless jokes. And this guy has been homeless recently, I guess. So the media is trying to make it more about a sexuality thing. Um, and then a lot of the, the outlets are saying he, st- he was uh, attempting to stab him, and then it came out later that, no, he, he didn't even have it out. It was just in his pocket, and they, they found it on him later. Um, so I don't like how they're, they're kind of spinning it. But, yeah, obviously this guy's a fucking nut job. Well, he still got up on stage, and he was making a spectacle. I, th- I think that once he got up on stage, he, in a split second, goes, this is not a good idea. Like, yeah. you know, because you can see the way that he goes after Chappelle if you're really angry at somebody, you have a plan, right? You're going to go, you're going to attack, you're at least going to get a punch in. What that's going to do, I have no idea. Uh, it makes you feel better for maybe a split second, and then you get destroyed in the rest of your life. You're done. I guarantee this guy's not going back to his friends. They're like, dude, that was awesome. You really showed Chappelle. <laughs> I bet you he has less money in his bank account and is less famous because you shoulder, you're trying to shoulder check him, and now the media is reporting that you were triggered. You're a fucking hero. Yeah, man, you do it. Nobody's doing that. You're not a hero. You're, you're a goofball. You're 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 dumb dumb face. You look silly. You look stupid. That's not the way you handle stuff like this. You know how you handle stuff like this? Is you just don't listen to Dave Chappelle. You don't go to his concerts. You don't watch his television programs and you don't comment about him on social media. You ignore it. You know, you're not going to change the man. You can speak out in your community, your homeless community. I don't know if you all have a Facebook group or whatnot, and you guys can get on there and you can say how much of a bad person Dave Chappelle is and you want to write a petition, maybe something like that. Feel free to protest and you know with your sign if, as long as you're not blocking traffic and getting in my way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way you could do it. But that's not, this is not the way to do it. This, this, this is silly. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but the, the triggered thing bothers me because, you know, that, that's such a, such a buzzword in the last 10 years, you know, the, the, I'm triggered. 
and it's 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 becoming a it's becoming an excuse it's becoming an alibi where people will do things that are illegal or out of sorts or violent and they'll always come back to i was triggered meaning that it's not my fault it's your fault because you triggered me versus saying i'm not strong enough mentally to handle what you're saying where I can ignore you. I'm triggered that easily. If you're triggered that easily, if you're homeless, fucking get a job and get a get a house, right? If it really means that much to you, do that. If you are bisexual and you're fine with being bisexual and you're okay with being bisexual and somebody's making fun or making a joke, I should say not making fun of, but making a joke, of bisexuals, if it do, if it's not you, then we, as long as they're not saying go out and kill bisexuals, which that's a, obviously a no-no, but if you're making a somewhat clever, which I'm sure Chappelle would do, bisexual joke, what the fuck's the big deal, you know? I've heard plenty uh, black comedians make white jokes. I don't want to go charge the stage. I think they're funny as shit because they're most of the time extremely true, you know? Uh, I'll hear white comedians make black jokes and they'll do it with taste be walking that line that they can walk and they're really funny and you don't feel uncomfortable laughing about them even, even in the company of an African-American, you know, so I've heard tons of gay jokes, gay jokes are great. They're funny, you know, but it doesn't mean you hate gays when you're joking, you're, you're, you're making light of something usually that's obvious. That's what comedy is is making light of the obvious because most of the time we don't see the obvious. Um, That's what comedy, a lot of comedy is. Do you think any chance that this is uh, maybe like set up? No, I know. It just seems a little, uh, I mean, these people are entertainers. This has been a hot button topic uh, of comedy and freedom of speech. It's not uncommon for comedians to, to put a plant in the audience for a joke or something. Just the way, this, this uh, homeless guy has paid for a ticket to go to a comedian he doesn't like and just happens to use a buzzword that nobody uses about themselves. Triggered is a word that you say about someone else. Oh, you must be triggered. It's like condescending. Nobody says that they themselves are triggered. So I don't know. I'm just a little conspiracy theorist. It, uh, it seems a little too perfectly set up where he never was any real danger. You know, he, later it comes out he had a weapon, but it was in his pocket. Just like this plan is either this guy's like the biggest idiot and, and biggest fucking weirdo of all time or seems a little too convenient for everything right now. Well, you also thought the Chris Rock Will Smith was uh, was a work, too. I stand by it. <laughs> no, you don't. It's not. <laughs> you know by now it's not. I still – if it's real – there, Chris Rock is a robot because that is not how you react to somebody slap, uh, coming up to you, charging you, and then wanting to slap you. I still don't believe how he reacts. If, if you're if you're a pussy, I think I don't think Chris Rock is the hardest of thugs gangsters out there. I think Chris Rock is kind of a pussy. And, yeah. and if you're a pussy and somebody's coming at you, you back up, you you cover your face, you turn around, you don't stick your neck out and get a fucking slap in your face on purpose. That's not right. how you do it when you're a pussy. But 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 also let me say this because I like Chris Rock is when I say he's a pussy, I'm like just because he got hit, but he's smart because of the way he handled it. I, most a lot of people couldn't do that. He knew yeah. that he was on television. 
and he knew that it would have looked silly, you know. So that's a smart pussy, <laughs> which is a great nickname <laughs> yeah. for somebody. I know. That, that was my MySpace name, Smart Pussy 69 <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Smart Pussy? What's up, man? <laughs> Sounds like a, a, a villain in James Bond or something. <laughs> smart Pussy. Hey, seeing Smart Pussy, is he at the party? Because if he is, I think he's got the device with him. Smart Pussy is always carrying the device with him. <laughs> but back to the, like the, the comedy and everything, do you think there's any kind of line that they, they would have to draw and, you know, just... I love comedians and comedy, so, you know, don't get me wrong, but is there any line where you can, it seems like we're so angry with each other now and so divisive and everything. Is there any line where comedy, like what, why is it like, okay to just make fun and be shitty to people and then use the guise of comedy to, to okay, well, and obviously you can do it correctly, but. Some of them are just, they're just being assholes. It's not funny. Okay, well, hold on. First off, when you say just not, being not shitty. Not but all comedians. When you say being shitty to people, most comedians, the pros, they're not intentionally trying to harm anybody when they make jokes. You know, I mean, I've got a lot of comedian friends, uh, from Matt Eisman to Paul Verzi to Steve Byrne to Ian Bagg. Uh, you know, just to name a few, and they have some pretty questionable jokes where they ride the line in there. And I know for a fact that none of those guys have malice in their heart. They're just trying to make people laugh again, stating the obvious. So I don't think I, I want to say most comedians aren't trying to be shitty towards people. They're not angry comics, right? I mean, there are a few of them right. out there that are hate comics. And that was more of a thing back in the day than it is now. Now to the next question is when you draw the line. Uh, I believe that some of it is personal. Like if you have, let's take Josh Blue, for example. Could Josh Blue get away with all the handicap jokes if he weren't handicapped? Could a black comedian get away with all the black jokes or white jokes even or Asian jokes or Hispanic jokes if they weren't black? It seems like there are certain passes given to certain people because of whoever they might be, Right. I think it boils down to personal. If you just feel it in your gut that you've gone over the top and you're not doing the joke for laughs, more for shock value, then you would pull back. Um, you know, there's a great line in, in Howard Stern's private parts when he and his wife go to that Chinese restaurant and uh, and she he tells her about being offered the, the job in New York. And he's very excited at WNBC. And the Chinese waiter comes over, and it's a guy that's in a ton of films. You know, he's, he's, I'm, he's probably dead by now, but older Asian guy. And he comes over, he goes, I like your show. You make me laugh. But don't make fun of uh, Chinese people. Uh, he said, don't make fun of J make Don't make fun, have fun, or something, whatever the line is. Uh, and Howard's like, well, do, do I have to make fun of you? I don't think I do. And he's like, yeah, you probably do. So it's it, that line right there speaks volumes of you, you know, you, are you laughing at or laughing with, you know, that that's where you have to ask yourself, are you laughing at or laughing with the days of laughing at people are done, you know, to make the mental retardation jokes and you're laughing at somebody because they have a disability that's out of their control. 
it took a while, but now we've learned that that's not funny. I know as silly as that sounds, and for a younger generation going, you actually thought that shit was funny at one time? Oh, yeah, there are plenty of jokes that had mental retardation jokes, and you would laugh at them because they were just jokes, and you're supposed to laugh at pretty much all jokes. But now people will become more sensitive and more understanding to other people, understanding that, you know, you just don't go around because somebody has is, is, is got a disability and do a whole bit on how they're so much, of a, so much less of a human being than you are. That's not funny, right? We just have a different sense of humor. Right. Society has changed our sense of humor. No doubt. The Bailey Show Podcast. The reason, you know, maybe I'm so cloudy, and, and, I, and I don't know if any of you get like this, but when we experience what we experienced last week and we continue to still get news of different situations, um, I'm talking about the, the shooting in Texas, the, the mass shooting, the murders that took place at the elementary school. Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, and then a couple days later, there's uh, another kid that gets caught. He, he didn't shoot anybody, but he had the, you know, the semi-automatic weapon. He had the AR, he had the <clears throat> what what have you in, in the car, and they caught him. And, and you, you automatically, you tighten up. One, because you're like, why? Why do these things happen? And if you're probably my age, you just said, this never happened when we were in school. Whether I don't know if there's that much truth. I mean, they definitely didn't happen as often as they happen today. But I'm, I'm sure things happened. It just it didn't get out uh, because of social media. But it's not, no, don't get me wrong. Nowhere near as bad as it is now. So you, your, your first mindset is your heart breaks for this family. And it's almost like you're going through the five stages of death and you don't know a soul. <clears throat> then you start to get angry. Because you're like, how often can history repeat itself? And I'm not talking hundreds of years of history. I'm talking ones of years of history. How often do we have to repeat the same blueprint until somebody does something? And then you go, okay, so what's the answer? Then it gets, then you get really tight because nobody knows the answer. Nobody has a solution. Uh, we all think we have solutions. But we don't know. But we don't know if we have a solution unless we try something. And that's what irritates me is we're not trying anything. You know, I'm not saying, again, full disclosure, all right, I'm a gun owner. I'm a, I'm a safe gun owner. I'm a responsible gun owner. I'm a, uh, a, a supporter of so, uh, responsible gun owners. And I'm, and I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment. But I'm also uh, probably more of a supporter of fucking common sense and you know to the responsible gun owners and i know it's it's a political divide right if you're on the right you have to you have to use the cliche line of guns don't kill people people do right you have to do that if you're if you're on the right well for whatever reason i don't know why but you do uh and on the left you have to say it's all about the guns um and then there's like this kind of offshoot kind of where gun regulation and then what is the gun regulation, you know, and if we do gun regulation, will they take away our guns and this and that. I'm telling you right now, if this continues to go down the path that we're on, somebody is going to get into office and not give a damn about gun rights or your Second Amendment, whatever you want to 
yell and scream from the mountaintops. They're just going to say enough is a fucking enough. And it's the, it's the you, you know, I always say the one guy screwed it up for all theory. It's the numerous kids, people screwing it up for all theory. And then you want to argue, well, it's mental, it's mental health. It's mental illness. That's what's causing all of this. Okay. Maybe it has something to do with it. Because if you take a gun and shoot all these elementary school kids, something's fucked up in your head. There's no doubt about it. But every single person has got the flip in them where something happens. You know, we, we were talking about being triggered the other day. Everybody's got a trigger moment. Um, you know, uh, Will Smith was triggered when uh, Chris Rock made fun of his wife's haircut. Um, the, the guy in the audience at Dave Chappelle's show was triggered when he told the homeless joke or whatever the case may be. You know, people, I, I think as the gener the younger generations have a quicker trigger point because they feel justified in some unrealistic fantasy type of world, to be quite honest with you, but everybody's got a trigger point. I'm not saying everybody's got it in them to go and shoot up a school, but everybody's got a trigger point. Everybody's got a trigger point to punch somebody in the face, which could possibly kill them if they fall backwards and hit their head on the curb, right? Everybody's got that. So what do we do? I don't know what we do, but we have to do something. <laughs> we have to do something. Like, not doing anything is horrible. You know, the, the governor of Texas has to feel like an asshole right now because just days before the tragedy, the shooting, he goes and tells people to go buy more guns. You know, perception is reality. You know, you can live in the Wild West states of Texas and Georgia and Florida and, you know, and not have uh, any background checks and you could just roll up and grab a gun. I mean, this kid, this shooter was 18 years old and on his 18th birthday, a couple of weeks prior, went and bought these guns, which tells me that he already knew what he was going to do. And they're following a digital footprint of him actually telling some minor on the Internet um, that I think was in California hinting at what he was going to do without saying it. The guy knew what he was going to do. It was premeditated. If it's premeditated and if he was stopped beforehand and there was some kind of check and there was some kind of training that he has to go through, that's what I am. I'll make it very, very clear. As much as I am pro-responsible gun owner, all right, I'm also very much pro-regulation. I think it's appalling that these people are out there and making us look bad. And I wish more gun owners would feel the same way. Like, do if you're part of a community, you know, whether it's race or religion or whatever the case may be, and somebody in that community goes out and creates a heinous crime or does something to put a black eye on the good that you stand for, you're going to shun them. You're going to disown them. You're going to say they're, <clears throat> they're not me. They're not what the rest of us stand for. And that's what gun owners need to do. They need to say, all right, look, this has gotten out of hand. I've got no problem. I'll take an hour course. I'll pay $30. You can put my name on a registry. I'll register my guns. Who the fuck cares, right? If it's going to get these, if we're going to try to get these people uh, from stop to doing this, stop doing this, why not? Try it. What's, what's the harm, you know, to try something new? I, I just don't understand it. I don't get it at all. What's, uh, what's like training going to do, though? I mean, if they already have the plan in mind that they want to hurt someone, then they're just kind of helping them a little more understand the guns a little better well wh wh why do you need to go to driving school 
I mean, well, why, do you, why do you need a driving license? Why, 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 why do you need to take the test? I mean, you know, you can just kind of figure it out on your own, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And okay. I, you know, I think... no, no, let's get rid of driver's license then. I mean, you got, you got to go through a course for abortions. You know, you got to do, you got to jump through hoops for the states that allow abortions. So, you know, I mean, if you got to do that, I mean, you got to do training for jobs. I think you got to, you got to do training to work at Target. You know, so, yeah. so so now you're you're just you're just giving a, a kid, an eighteen year old is a kid, by the way. You're giving him a weapon. Does he know how to take it apart and put it back together? Does he know how to does he know what to do when it's jammed? Does he know how to unload a shotgun? Do, does he know any of these things? You know, I I'm gonna say unless he was brought up that way, which is great if he was, most kids do not. These kids like that do not. They're living out their call of duty fantasy. That's what they're doing with a trigger point. So what will it do? It's just another barrier to weed out the bad guys. You know, so if you if you're a, if you're a mental case and you go in and you're like, "Okay, I want to buy this uh this uh this AR or this uh Keltec Sub 2000 or whatever you want to buy." You want to go in there, they say, "Okay, not a problem. Fill out this information. You fill out this information. Okay, you need an hour worth of log. You know, flight uh um if you want to be a pilot, you have to log hours." Right, you have to log hours. So you go in there and say you have to log so many hours or an hour on the range with a professional. Okay. Now the gun stores are going to make money because you 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 know you you get to uh, you got to pay them. I'm fine with it. The state makes money because you got to buy the license, which now they're getting rid of for some fucking reason. I don't know why you would want to do that because I've never heard one gun owner be pissed off that they had to buy purchase a concealed weapons permit, but yet you still have to buy a fishing permit in certain states. <laughs> so I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand it. It's so ass backwards what we don't have to do to own a firearm in this present day world that we live in, but yet there are things that you have to jump through rings of fire to do in order to have or to achieve or to try to get, you know? It just doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I... I was just saying this like two weeks ago or a week and a half ago about how if if you don't it's just weird that it's like all or nothing and the gun people are going to say it's a mental health thing that you know the other side is going to say it's a gun restriction thing why why can't it be both you know everybody is like black or white it's a little bit of both there needs to be some some restrictions and there needs to be some more uh, money put towards mental health but it's not it doesn't have to be a black and white one or the other thing but like you were saying, and I was saying the other week, if you fight that hard against it, eventually, I mean, this one, it seems different. Um, people are coming at their Congress people a little bit more. Before, when there were shootings, it just seemed like it turned into a gun debate, and then everybody got tired and uh, and moved on to the next, next shooting, basically. Um, but this one, I feel like they're really calling out the, the politicians, so... I hope there can, but there's still the the gun and the mental health debate on online. But we, nothing, like you were saying, nothing is nothing is doing nothing. I mean, the thing with the the gun people saying or with the restrictions saying, oh well, that won't stop them all. So so yeah, if it doesn't save one, you know, anything, or if it's not going to stop them all, then don't do anything. That doesn't make sense to me. If it, if it saves one life, if it saves ten lives, that's worth having paying them a, a little bit more for a background check or a, a restriction or having a tax for some more mental health. But it's the same thing with mental health. It's not all mental health. 
you can't stop every person that's crazy or that might possibly do this. It's, but if you can stop one, why not do it? It's, it's going to do something more than doing absolutely nothing. You know, it's amazing in all these school shootings, not once that I can remember that I know of one of the kids in the school was uh, related to a politician, congressman, state representative, senator, name it. You know, I wonder how different the people that oppose this that are you know, elected officials would be if their kid was riddled with bullets bleeding out on the sidewalk of the place that's supposed to be a safe haven. I wonder how different it, it would be totally different. You know, you, you saw the other day, you know, when uh, all the good old boys in, in, in Texas and Ted Cruz is back, they're all about, you know, then Beto O'Rourke goes up there and he calls them all out. You know, get out of here, bullshit, get out of here, get bullshit, we got stuff to do, you know, that kind of thing. But you, you you wonder if one of those good old boys sitting up there on the stage all high and mighty trying to cover their ass, um, if one of their kids was sitting on, you know, sitting on the sidewalk, it, their mindset would change. There's no doubt about it. They're just, they're just not, they're not empathetic to their own people. And that goes for almost every politician out there, right or left, if it doesn't fit into their agenda and it's not part of their payday. You know, these people that back and support the NRA as far as elected officials are getting paid huge amounts of money to be in the office that they're in. So they're all on the take. And I'm not saying people on the left aren't on the take either. I know they are. That's what's wrong with our system is that these politicians are bought and paid for. People that have deep pockets and don't feel like going through the bullshit of being a politician, buy them. They're puppets, you know, and that's who we elect in office are puppets. And there's almost no getting around it. You know, as soon as a politician is endorsed by somebody else, that means they owe them if they win. That's all that means. It's, by it's like, you, thanks, for, thanks for putting me over. I owe you. It's like a wrestler, that an old school wrestler that brings a young guy under his wings. That young guy is always going to owe that dude. He's just always going to do it. Um, and, 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 and we're always owing people. And it's nobody. I agree with you, Nate, 110%. It's not... A, this side is completely right and this side's completely wrong and this side's completely wrong and this side's completely right. It's not one of those things. It's one of those things where you got to put your big boy pants on and say, all right, we need to budge. We need to budge. We need to give. We need to give. All right. And then both sides meet in the middle for the safety of our fucking children that are going to school and getting killed. You know, and you just can't have this you know, black, this, this, this blase, you know, it's like guns don't kill people. What are we going to do? There's nothing we can do, but just, it's not the gun's fault. We just, we can't do anything. You know, Brandon, what would you suggest we do? Uh, maybe when it comes to schools, maybe, um, higher security there. Okay. I'm glad you said that. Okay. So higher security, maybe even give the teachers a gun, right? How about that idea? Right. That's been thrown around. Uh, maybe certain teachers. I know some teachers that I went to school with that probably didn't need a gun. Okay, exactly. So you're going to take a teacher that is already underpaid and underappreciated and undervalued and say, here's a handgun. We're going to give you a bonus of $2,000 to put your life on the line when some kid comes into school with a semi-automatic weapon and uh, we want you to now play cop. We're going to give you some training. Do we need to give him some training? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so we don't need to give any other gun owner training to get a gun, but we need to give the teacher training, right? Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, because she's uh, overseeing, like, her whole classroom. She's got lives she's got to take care of. Okay, so we just give those people training, the underappreciated, underpaid 
people that maybe have never used a gun before because now that's their job responsibility. That's not going to work. Here's the second idea you had, hiring a security team. Where's that money coming from? You know, there was uh, somebody that's uh, very much, you know, gun this, gun that, so, you know, this is what we got to do. Uh, oh, I think it was Ted Nugent. He was like, oh, this is what we got to do. We got to put a security team in each school. Where's that money coming from? Taxes. <laughs> Where in taxes? It's it's just not there. If it were there already, we would be doing it. Well, so I'm saying maybe they could uh, rent a bill or something. And teachers can't even afford their own school supplies. They, teachers have to pay for their own school supplies. Kids go without when they go to school. That should be coming if you're going to a public school. At least it did when I was in public school. When I was younger, it, everything was provided for us outside of maybe some notebooks and some and some pencils and and paper, but, you know, everything else was provided for us. None of that shit's provided for. You know, we have yeah. to constantly every year donate to Roswell High School in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a town that's got some money, right, in a school that's got some money. We still give all the time because we know it helps either the teachers or the cheerleading team or the athletic program or whatever the case may be because they need money. Taxes ain't going to cover it. That's not how that works, Brandon. If it did, we wouldn't be for years bitching that the school system always goes without. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah, I was like, there's a uh, 131,000 schools, like from K to you know kindergarten to 12th grade, I guess. And there's how many entrances of every school? So we're kind of talking about half a million guards, and not just guards, not alone, you know, whatever weapons they need or metal detectors. But yeah, like why? I know that is a, an option that people have thrown out there, but why do we, why are we trying to like make our schools into prisons and and make these kids feel like they're I don't know just in a weird situation? Everybody was worried about the kids' mental health with their masks. They're doing fucking shooter drills. I mean, like how is that not terrifying for a ten year old? You know, it's like it. Uh, I I don't know. It's just it's, it's crazy. But. We used to do hurricane and uh, tornado drills. Our parents used to do nuclear bomb attack drills. Now kids do school shooting drills. It's absolutely amazing, you know, what they have to do. Yeah, and yeah, it's just uh, there. most of these things, there, there is a guard or, or some kind of school officer or something. I think in this one, I think the guy did, conf or he confronted him, got yep. shot, and, and the one in Buffalo, uh, the armed guard that was there, also got shot. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if he, he didn't die or did he die? I can't remember. But well, yeah, so also in Texas is uh, law enforcement actually confronted the kid before he went in and was somehow able to get into the school afterwards. You know, I think when, you know, depending on what news comes out today and when this was recorded, but I think when they find out how this whole thing went down, they're going to realize that law enforcement there and border patrol was the one that actually took them out. It wasn't like the local deputy or something like that. They're going to find out that they didn't know what the fuck that they were doing, what they were doing. And that's another thing is that the school systems are, are, are not, I don't want to say equipped, but they're, you know, like when we go to the school and when we had the bullying incident with incident with Caleb and even with Ariel, with that kid that went a little crazy, right? Um, the, the, they didn't know, like, it's not as easy as there's a bully, this is how we handle it, it's going to be handled. It's pretty much like, well, we can't do anything until something happens. 
What do you mean until something happens? We're telling you something happened. Well, that's not a big enough thing for to happen in order for us to do something. You got to be fucking kidding me. I'm going to come into that classroom. I'm going to take the kid. I'm going to throw him through a fucking window and I'm going to spend 60 days in jail and I'm going to like it. You know, you've got to do something. That's your job. These schools, public schools don't know what to do in situations because they're terrified that they're going to get sued or they're going to get beat up in the media or whatever the case may be. So nobody's on the same page. That's another thing. Um, now back to your, what you're saying, Brandon, about armed security. There is, I, I, you know, I was throwing the other side of that out there. I do think that there's, if we can provide TSA at the airport under Homeland security, I think that the federal government should provide some type of security for schools. All right. But there's way more schools than there are airports. So I don't know how that would work uh, on a federal level. You could do it, but then you would, it would almost be like having another police force, but then where do you get that money? And then who is it funded by? And that's another thing you got to worry about. Whoever is funding it again is going to be the puppeteer. And if they've got their own interest in mind, then that's another problem in itself. So you've got that issue. Uh, I thought that president Biden's speech after he got back from Asia addressing the, the Texas shooting, I thought was good, uh, very sincere. He looked really tired. He looked very upset. I mean, the guy's lost a son of his own. Um, I wish, you know, when he went into the, I, I had no problem with him being angry and saying, when is this going to stop? When is this going to stop? When is this going to stop? I wish he would have left out the AR mention. Because when you mention the AR, when you mention what, why we have to have semi-automatic weapons, and even though, you know, this is a fact, I mean, I can run through every mass shooting if you really want me to. Every single weapon that was used was an AR, you know. So, um, I mean, there's something to be said about that. But you're not going to get anywhere with the opposing party by basing it strictly off of the AR because it's bigger than the AR. I'm... I'm not a fan of taking away the semi-automatic weapon, um, but I'm a fan of regulating it. But when you say I'm no longer going to sell the AR, you know, because what do you need it for? It's made for combat and this and this and that. I've said this before. If you're a gun owner, you like to shoot different types of guns. Just like if you're a car lover, you like to drive in different types of cars. If you like to grill like I do, you like to use different types of meats, different type of cooking methods. It's just something different for the sport of shooting. You're not going out and hunting deer with a with an AR. You're just going out to the range or in some field and blowing shit up, right? It's a thing that most people are probably not going to understand it. I do, actually. I do understand it. Unfortunately, all these kids are using it for these mass shootings, so the gun is to blame. Not regulating that gun, yes. Regulate the gun and the purchase of the gun and weed them out. Maybe that's a start. But when you go on national television and you go from the tragedy and then you blame it strictly on the gun, I don't think that was the smartest move. What do I know? I'm dumb. I'm not even a radio guy anymore. I'm a stupid podcaster. So what do I know? But I don't think that's going to get you where you want to get to in the political world if you base it off of I'm taking away this gun. It's just not going to go over well. You're going to get kickback without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was saying. I think it's it's a multifaceted problem where we just have to do a little bit of everything 
rather than nothing because it's, I, I just hate the just the staunch like gun argument where it's like, oh, it's not these do anything else, but do not touch my gun. You know, like it, like we were saying, if you want to support if, if you want to keep your your rights or, you know, keep access to whatever you're into, you got to talk or you got to speak out against people that are mistreating it or, you know, not doing the right thing. And by by just when there's still like bodies on the ground and you're you're arguing for for gun, you don't that that side seems like the the typical gun owner maybe it's just a stereotype seems very patriotic American you know like loves the country if you love the country why don't why don't you love the kids in the country why why don't you want to protect them and support them why why do you not want to do anything that rather you know do something rather than nothing it's just uh, it, it blows my mind. Well, I wish that we could, people could talk about it, you know, instead of just putting up a wall and just having, you're right, this black and white mentality of it's either my way or the highway versus saying, all right, we need to do something. It's going to take one person from one side of the aisle to do this and one person from the other side of the aisle to do this. Now, if you look at the general public, you'll see people, you know, that stereotypical good old boy, country loving, patriotic uh, most likely conservative Republican type of uh, celebrity that is saying, hey, look, enough's enough. We need to do something. You, We need more of that. You need more people to reach out to your congressman and say, hey, look, dude, I'm just not going to fucking vote for you unless you do this. You know, this this needs to be, you know, let's put the abortion thing to the side for a second. Let's talk about our kids dying. You know, and then, of course, you, everybody has a way to spin and go, well, that's what abortion is. It's killing kids. All right. Well, that's a whole other argument. You know, it's like, where where do we stop? When do we stop arguing? I have no idea. You know, another thing that I, I, I observed during the Biden speech is, you know, like I said, I thought it overall was really, really good. I thought it was very heartfelt. Um, there's no doubt that the, the man was upset. He was angry. He was tired. And he meant every word he said. I wish you would have left the AR stuff out. I had no problem with him talking about when is the stop we need to do because you have to have a call to action. That's that's what you have to have to what you have to do. I just wish that people could take it for what it was, at least for the sympathy of the families, the victims, instead of, well, I'm not supposed to like that guy. I did not vote for that guy. I'm just going to hate on the speech all and just all he heard all I heard was taking away my AR. You know, I was not a fan of uh, Bush. And uh, when 9-11 happened and he gave that speech to Congress afterwards and to the world, um, I think that's one of the best speeches any president had ever had. And I looked at him and I said, dude, I'm with you. Whatever you say, I believe. Whatever, you know, because that's what you needed to do at that time. You needed to rally around your leaders whether you voted for them or not, or you believe in their ideals or not, and go, this is our leader, and we're in this together. And if we're not in this together, then they've really won. And that's what the country did after 9-11. I know that's what I did. I looked at that speech. I listened to that speech numerous times. And I was like, God, man, it gave me goosebumps. Even if I were to hear it right now, it would give me goosebumps. And I was never a big Bush fan. You know, I didn't hate the guy, but I wasn't a huge Bush fan. Um, so I, I wish those things could happen now, you know, with whoever's in office, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. Podcast the BS .com. It's better than radio.